Boys in Polish, doing too much. A quote from Janet Mock, sampled on the Blood Orange track, Orlando. You know, it's an insult we often put onto a lot of folk is like, oh, you're doing too much. So like, a couple of years ago, I said, you know what? My resolution, my internal resolution, will be to do too much. Why does it take me so long to get my first manicure? There are many answers to this. A lot of reasons societal intersecting with personal, which I'll touch on later. But last week, I got my nails done for the first time. I had seen a profile on Instagram called Boys and Polish. Nail artist and creative Jess Young gives the men who take part a manicure, decorates their nails with art, almost all of them choosing to have their nails styled in an extremely personal way. For the project, Jess captures parts of the process and then takes portraits of the participants on film. I reached out to Jess and asked if I could take part. What struck me first was the diversity of men that were featured on the page. Toxic masculinity would have us believe that nail painting is not for men, and if it is, only gay ones, even then, only the most effeminate. This is reductive and limiting for everyone, an enemy to an individual's journey towards authentic expression of themselves and how they choose to show up in the world. I also believe it's important to work to try and separate presumptions about specifically, in this case, sexuality based on an individual's self-expression. This only further stipulates that there is a singular way for a man to be, or present, that is tied to his sexuality, something I believe to be unhelpful and reductive. So it was especially cool to see straight guys taking part in the project, ones who are generally presenting a more masculine energy in their appearance. I say this because the acceptability of them doing so is undeniably far narrower than it is for me, a gay man, The inclusive variety of men involved with Jess's project had a much bigger impact and it felt like something that was truly committed to the mission statement, a middle finger to toxic masculinity, one manicured finger at a time. Seeing all kinds of different men with their own unique style of nails highlighted how absurd it is that men could not or should not be included, if they want to, in this act of self-care and self-expression. It's something small, of course, A manicure alone cannot dismantle something as pervasive and ingrained in our culture as toxic masculinity. But as an individual act, it can, I think, be a powerful one. A rejection of the harmful and limiting expectations of how men should present or express themselves, instead embracing their individuality. Forgive me if I'm being optimistic here, but these days, I would hope that more often than not, a man with painted nails would not cause a huge amount of shock beyond maybe a few raised eyebrows. But I've been thinking about the power that smaller acts of resistance like these can have, in this case, a man with a manicured nail. Could they make someone consider something new, or reconsider what they felt sure of before? Socialisation might make you feel resistant to the idea of a man with his nails painted, but seeing it in reality, I would hope, makes you realise it's no big deal at all. What else might that lead you to think? Maybe about what other things we rigidly police and unnecessarily make gendered. Spoiler, there are loads. Could it potentially lead someone to try something they felt wasn't for them, but they had always been interested in secretly? Can one form of resistance inspire another? A quote from Alexander G. Much the way you don't know what a writer will go on to write, you don't know what a reader, having read you, will do. I think of this quote so often, I think of how this principle can apply to the impact that an individual's rejection of social norms can have on the people who witness their doing so. 
when considering making a choice for yourself that feels risky because it is different, there is not only motivation in doing so to feel satisfied within, but also the possibility that your doing so might impact someone who needed it, or even someone who didn't know they needed it until they saw it in you. This can be helpful to remember when resisting something archaic and reductive, like toxic masculinity. As I've said, the act of painting nails is a small one, but for me, it was connected to something deeper, its significance huge. At high school, a pretty torturous time for me, I endured bullying and harassment, almost always rooted in homophobia, for the entirety of my time there. To hear a homophobic slur was so commonplace that if I heard one anywhere, I began to believe it must have been directed at me. I wasn't safe from this verbal violence outside of school either. Walking down the streets of my home city Glasgow, slurs were often shouted at me as I walked down the street. This was so normal to me that I doubt I ever let anyone know just how often this happened, my tendency always being to endure quietly. For every one time something happened, or someone said something when I was with my friends, It happened another three times when I was alone, more vulnerable. Once I realised that it was not only in the school corridors that I couldn't escape this reality, but in the city too, it started to feel like there was nowhere to hide. I won't pretend it's not brutal, but sadly a version of this story will be familiar to many, some of whom will even have experienced more explicit physical violence, attacks based on their identity. I survived those struggles and for most of my adult life I've had the freedom to walk down the street almost always unscathed, unbothered. And any small comment now is comparatively nothing. I can brush it off, water off a duck's back. It's disheartening to consider that even this is still a privilege, one so basic and ideally universal it isn't one offered to many marginalised people. The frequent presence of harassment and fear of that harassment in a person's life affects them in a multitude of ways detrimental to their mental health and well-being. For me, it showed up in hypervigilance, discomfort in my own skin, shame, i.e. there's something wrong with me, and debilitating anxiety. All of these arguably and probably already existed in me for a number of reasons, but were absolutely exacerbated by the near-daily verbal assault on me and my sense of self. One of the ways it also affected me, more difficult to unpack, is in my own relationship to self-expression. Quickly I gathered that there was something about me that made me a target, things I couldn't change. My thin body, the fact I was small, my inherently effeminate mannerisms, my high-pitched voice. The last two I could adapt, or at least I tried to, but the effort in constantly policing myself was exhausting and slipping up was inevitable, shattering any illusion and showing me to be exactly who I really was. Because of this, I swallowed and ignored a lot of my intuition in regards to clothes and expressing myself. It was a conscious decision. Hide any part of you that might make you more of a target. I ache for the younger me, the one who knew he had to police himself as a means of self-preservation. But I ache more for all that was lost. For the self-worth that was always going to remain unstable when not being true to who I was, not embracing my whole self. I might have an inkling, but will never quite know for sure what the younger version of me wanted to dress like if things had been different for me. And as someone who's always loved clothes, this hurts. What joy might he have found in subverting what he was supposed to do, instead of conforming strictly to the ideas of what was expected, always making himself smaller in doing so, just to make life a little easier. I had friends far braver than I, who dressed flamboyantly and gave little to no fucks about the rules or what anyone thought about them. It can't have been easy for them, They lived in the same city as I and undoubtedly would have drawn a lot of attention. 
rarely going unnoticed, as I had hoped for myself as I waited for the bus or walked to the train station. They were unabashedly themselves. They were glamour and style, invigoratingly cool. Their unique energy was electrifying, a breath of fresh air to me. I always associated my fascination with their style as admiration, fangirling how spectacular they and their outfits were. But on reflection, I can see there was something deeper there. I wished I could have been more like them. Maybe not dress in the eye-catching and extroverted way that they did, although perhaps, but to be unapologetically myself in the way they were, to connect authentically to who I was and how I wanted to present myself to the world. As I've gotten older, I'm starting to realise that the policing of myself to hide my queerness in my youth evolved into policing my own expression of that queerness, even long after coming out, subconsciously striving for an acceptable way of showing up. This had a big impact on what I chose to wear, or more importantly, what I wanted to wear but chose not to for fear of how people would perceive it. The shame I learned as a young boy still permeates my subconscious. Don't be too loud, don't be too femme, don't take up too much space, don't draw unnecessary attention, be small, be quiet, blend in, conform. Fuck that. I'm obviously working to unpack this. I want to feel free to be who I am and not be limited by the fear that was instilled in me by people whose opinions I couldn't care less about now. These days, when I feel drawn to something, an item of clothing, or I want to get my nails done, I still fear it might draw too much attention to me, worry that people will say I'm being too much. But my friends that I looked up to in my teen years taught me so much about this. Their impact on me was long-lasting. When this feeling arises, I think of them and I choose it anyway. Even 10 years later, they are helping me find myself and be brave enough to take chances on experimenting with what the most authentic expression of that self looks like, regardless of what people might think or say. All of this became apparent as I sat down with Jess for my manicure. We talked about a lot of the things I've mentioned here, as well as getting to know each other. I was shocked at how vulnerable I felt in the chair. Face to face with someone you don't know, your hands and theirs, it is exposing. But the intimacy with Jess was established quickly. She made me feel safe and before long we both opened up, which made for a beautiful conversation where we were really able to connect. As we chatted, we were able to collaborate and decide on what nail art suited me best. In the end, we decided upon a pale pink base, and for nail art, the Libra symbol, a rainbow, a flower, and then an exclamation mark and question mark on my second fingernail of each hand. Jess also had the wonderful idea of having some writing on my nails, something I would have never considered because I could not conceive it would be possible or realistic. But Jess is a pro. With super-skilled intricacy, she painted some phrases that are important to me on my nails. Be softer, kinder, Mary Oliver. All about love, the title of Bell Hook's incredible book. Everything is everything, one of my favourite Lauren Hill songs, and Feel Free. Zadie Smith's book of essays. I don't think that in the grand scheme of things, me wearing nail polish is a profound act. First up, it's temporary, and it's so small it will often go unnoticed purely for that reason. I wish it wasn't the case, but it is, however small, still a resistance against toxic masculinity, rejecting the idea of what a man is supposed to do. But internally, it felt like moving mountains, a reclamation of my self-expression, liberating to not have that be ruled by fear. It felt like a balm for the wound of the younger boy I was who didn't get to live that way. 
It felt like a wave of radical self-acceptance. To look down at my hands and see this portrait of who I am reflected back at me and to feel proud of that reflection. To look at the nail on my ring finger and see the words, feel free, and think, in this moment, I do.